I am honored and blessed to have Christina Garcia in the house. Big round of applause. Woo! Season two, full blast. Christina Garcia, Score Rosenberg podcast, SQR podcast, SQR on our SoundCloud. You got to check us out. This podcast is going to be the marquee that sets the bar as we rock into season two. Christina, thank you so much for blessing us with that rendition. I love the way you rocked in on that. We're going to take a quick break, ladies and gentlemen, because tonight is an epic night. We have dinner on a podcast. Let me rephrase that. Dinner and a podcast. Tonight is classic. Christina Garcia is our guest. We're going to get to know her, where she's from, what she's been doing, and what she's going to be doing, the impact she's going to be making on our world. Tonight, we have a beautiful guest in-house. And on top of that, the audience is ridiculous. The ambiance is perfect. We have a Mediterranean vegan style presentation for all you culinary heads out there. Ellie, round of applause for preparing that meal and blessing us with that. Yo, as I'm saying guys, tonight, tonight is epic. As you see, we're wearing the new logos representing Squirrel Rosenberg SQR podcast. I wanna give a big shout out to everybody that's tuning in. As I said, we're gonna take a quick break Come back, have a meal, wine up, and get to know about Christian Garcia. Score Rosenberg Podcast, Score Rosenberg Radio, one. intermission it was actually longer than a quick intermission because of the meal we just had however we're back with our guest Christina Garcia and I want to give you mucho kudos for the way you just dropped those vocals as I said to you behind the scenes you got to warn me next time when we're coming in with with vocals like that because I was extremely impressed the audience were like what we didn't sign up for this and you delivered strong vocals thank you so much for that rendition of course we're gonna have you do some more coming up okay. however tonight on school rosenberg podcast being our guest going into season two um i want to get to know who you are where you came from who influenced you why are you in the lane you're in right now and the impact you're looking to make on the world so let's go back to the granular the beginning 
Tell me about the family makeup. What's that? What, what's that like? Are you guys originally from the United States? We are not. Uh, my parents are from Cuba. Big up to Cuba. I'm Jamaican, so you know we're like oh, a stone hello. throw away. You're a couple strokes away. That's right. Yeah, nice. That's right. My um, my father was born in Guanabo, which okay. is a beach town, maybe 20 or 30 minutes outside of Havana. Okay. My mother was born in Havana, and. Uh, I think uh, Castro came into power around 1959, 1960. And they were were in Cuba at that time? They were. They were. And um, obviously, everything got nationalized. Um, My grandfather was a co-owner of production for Bacardi. Bacardi rum? Yes. Oh, nice. Bacardi is Cuban. Of course. Okay. It is. It's Puerto Rican because it had to basically go there in order to survive. Oh, so you know what? You, you're dropping a lot of information now. So let's slow that down a little bit. Yeah. And t- because it, 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 based on what you're telling me, being in Cuba at the time, before Castro took over, mm-hmm. your family was established working yes. with the Bacardi rum. And um, Bacardi rum initially came from Cuba. Yes. What have you heard from your family? What, what was that experience like? Uh, well, the Bacardi family was from Cuba. And uh, my grandfather, I guess, had... You know relationships with these people my father you know got to meet some of their kids were, were they able to tell you the, the the significance impact of Bacardi was because of the sugar cane that yes. was in Cuba yes and the organic you know volcanic you know nutrients that were there to produce mm-hmm. because at the end of the day you know I when being from Jamaica some of the rums that we have or or world-renowned and it's because of that it's because of that yes so if you don't mind me asking did they share what the transition was like when Castro came into power and what was it like to be able to move around that environment? Yes. So um, my mother was very young. She was about three or four when she left Cuba. So her memories of leaving are not very sharp. Okay. My father, on the other hand, was 15. Um, And in Cuba, there's a law that if you wanted to leave, um, you would have to uh be under the age of 15 or join the military okay so my father got very lucky he got out of cuba uh two weeks before his 15th birthday how um did he say faith uh it really struck just lucky because um the visas hadn't come in and everything was you know just still the air was still crunch time that's right and my grandfather was already in spain waiting for my grandmother and my father um, and really, you can't get on that plane until you have some kind of paperwork, something telling you that, or at least the embassy, that you're allowed to leave. What's so funny is, as I hear you tell the story, you know, what I'm getting from it is we tend to not understand the shoulders we stand on mm-hmm. to, to be where we are because it takes an incredible amount of resilience to go through that whole, considering what you've already established. Oh, yeah. I mean, what um, did your father ever get a chance to share intimately? What was that like? Oh, yeah. I mean, my father witnessed a lot of horrible things while in Cuba before he left. And when he left Cuba, he lived in Spain for about three or four years. And in Spain, you know, he was standing on bread and, you know, soup lines. Wow. And my grandmother was cleaning toilets. And my grandfather was, I don't even know what they were doing. I think ice, he worked at an ice cream stand. Um and uh you know they'd gone from this prominence to nothing Mm. it's the uh it's the story of an exile i i am honored that you're being this open with us Mm -hmm. because a lot of people don't understand that transition when you have built an empire or in the process of building an empire and then this dictatorship comes in and it's a complete shift in, in in you know in the entire mindset and to be able to leave that and rebuild, it's, it's from. So as, you, as you've grown from those stories, if you don't mind me asking, was there one story or something you heard or seen that gave you that, <clears throat> to like, you know, I want to do, I want to be something? Um, you know, it's funny, you know, these, these stories are my parents' stories. I think the real story lies in what it's like to be a child of two immigrants. And I'm a first child, so there was a lot of pressure placed on me to live out that American dream. And you, so you'd be first generation. 
I am a first generation first child. Yeah, let's toast to that <laughs> and the responsibilities. Big shout it out. It is a huge responsibility that I failed <laughs> to fulfill. Let's <laughs> <laughs> pound on that. When you say fail to fulfill, in whose eyes? Um, you know, not just mine and my parents too. You know, sometimes we build these expectations of ourselves. And expectations are doors that will lead to resentments. They'll lead to, you know, just, they can lead to sadness, they can lead to anger. You know, we can, we can place such harsh expectations on ourselves and the things that we create to the point where we actually hinder them. I paused because I wanted you to finish that thought because on Score Rosenberg Radio, when you say something profound or meaningful, it's called dropping a jewel. <laughs> and you just dropped a jewel on Score Rosenberg Radio. No, I love that because you're so you're right. And if we really change the perspective of what we're doing to ourselves, you can mm -hmm. realize that we're not only hindering, mm -hmm. but we could actually help just change that perspective. Right. Here's what I want to ask, if you don't mind. Yeah. As you were growing up here in the U.S. with the responsibility of being that first generation, what was were you accepted by your peers? W was there any ostracized? What was that like? You know, I have um, my best friend. She's been my best friend since we were three years old. She's Cuban like me. And um, she's really my only friend from childhood who I still relate to as an adult the way I did when I was a kid because I grew up in a town that just had barely a Hispanic population. Mm. And I was raised so differently. Here's what we're gonna do. I wanna come back, I wanna tap into that. <laughs> I really wanna hear the, the meat yeah. of that. So here we're gonna take a quick break on School Rosenberg Podcast. We're gonna come back with more guests and get, get into the meat of that adjustment because as you see, she's now settled, moving forward, dropping jewels, playing some classic tunes. And when we come back actually, we're gonna come in with a song that you would have written. Okay. Why don't you title that before we go up for the break? Um, the song that I sent you is called Love You. We're going to come back. Square Rosenberg Podcast 1. We've gone our separate ways But there's still so much I want to say Garcia, you wrote this song, huh? Yes, I did. What's the title? Love You. Why such a title? This song, um, literally, simply, uh, if you listen to it, it'll tell you 
what's it what it's about and it's about I guess I guess I, let me be more specific before we even because I don't want to lose track of where we left off which is transitioning to that you know the high school and your best friend yeah but hearing this song being played as we come into the second half of this interview or this powwow as I'd like to call it mm-hmm. um, I love you you know that's a significant it's a significant term mm-hmm. what inspired that 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 song um, a longtime boyfriend that I've had who uh, we were separated. That's the answer I was looking for. Talk to me. Talk to me. We were separated for a year, and um, I met some really amazing people in the year that we were separated, but nothing could make me stop loving him, and we have actually gotten back together. Salute to that. What's his name? Yeah, Anthony. Big shout-out to Anthony. (laughs) Anthony, big shout-out to Anthony. Mm Mm-hmm. Let's pick up where we left off. Yeah. High school. Yeah. So you are now one of this few rare gems in the in the group of friends that you have, correct? Yes. And what was that interaction like? Were you guys... I had great friends. You know, I really, really had great friends. But there was also this cultural divide. You know, I had a lot of extended family. They like to call them my fake cousins. And to me, they were my real cousins. Because when you're from Cuba, when you're from a country that's communist... It's not like you can bring your whole family over here. Yeah. You know, so when you when my parents met all their friends in college who were Cuban like them and they raised their kids together, you know, those were the cousins. But my um, American friends couldn't really understand that. So they would say fake cousins and I would Mm. go and get super offended and they'd laugh. They couldn't understand. mm. They couldn't understand. Yeah, it's so interesting coming from that regime. Um, mm-hmm. What's your thoughts now, if you don't mind me asking? On Cuba? Yeah, and it's, considering that relationships are now mm-hmm. prior to the, the you know, regime change here. Right, right. Relationships were about to be booming, actually. You know, um, so I'm Cuban. So most of us Cubans who are in this country take a more conservative view because of what's happened to our country. Okay. Um, Regime change or not here in the U.S., I think that every Cuban, whether they were born there or whether they were born here to parents who were from there, we would all love to see the Castros die out Mm -hmm. unless they can change, but mostly die out. And for a new dynasty, we'll call it, to come into power to um, lead our people to safe, safer, politically sound conditions. I appreciate the passion behind what you're saying. And without getting into that that perspective on where politically things are going, and I love, because I wanted to hear more on, because you've experienced it, your families have gone through it, so now where we are, I understand where you're feeling. However, Mm -hmm. with regards to that change, there seems to be a climate change that's coming. Yeah. Which which they can't fight, and I I want to, um, you know, with regards to that, you still have family members there, correct? I have a lot of family in Cuba, yes. And to this day, they're feeling that the change is coming or no? I think the people in Cuba do not feel the change is coming. Mm. I think the Americans are more anticipatory because, you know, we have media, we have press, we have the internet, we have a lot of freedoms that Cuba does not have. And therefore, we are allowed to speculate, we are allowed to speak, and we're allowed to dream. And those are things that a communist country is not allowed to do. Let me lighten this up. Yeah. And tag into transitioning to high school. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When did you pick up the music, the guitar? When did you become so expressive? So my father is actually a um, closet pianist who decided to join, you know, a national contest last year. But my father (laughs) wanted to be a, a pianist. And unfortunately, that didn't pan out for him. Um, you know, times were different, and his story's different being a, you know, um, immigrant here in the US. So 
I actually started out as a violinist. Oh, wow. <laughs> yes. That's a, yeah, I love that instrument. Yes. So my father uh, wanted me to be a violinist, and he was, he was very adamant about me taking that took instrument a couple lessons. all the way. Yeah, I, well, I took a couple lessons. I played in the chamber and uh, symphonic orchestra in high school. But um, I always loved the guitar. I had an uncle who introduced me to it, uh, along with Sheryl Crow, who's like one of my idols. That's what I wanted to get to. Yeah. I wanted to get to what inspired that, you know, what was that spark that created the love for this instrument? He played me Sheryl Crow. The first song I ever heard was Strong Enough. And from Can you the, play that? I can. Yeah, let's, let me hear that real quick. Square okay. Rosenberg Podcast. We're going to bring you back mentally to that, that spark. Go. This created or pushed that boulder down the hill that's now Christina Garcia. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, she's her, and it opened up to the, do the doors to discover Jewel, and it opened the doors to Alanis Morissette, and it well, was just a domino effect for me, really, from there. And you embraced the instrument. Uh, yeah, I loved it from the minute I picked it up. What was your dad's realization now when you weren't? Well, go in, go in. My father <laughs> lost his mind. See, this is this is the, the the killer. And if I could go back in time, my father viewed this as another opportunity for classical training. Okay. And I did not want this to become another one of my father's projects. This one. This was. For me mm. so I quit the private lessons and I taught myself and that's why <laughs> I can't play above the first fret but no. that's okay because at the end of the day this has always just been for me no I love the honesty <laughs> and I love the vulnerability right there yeah. because I saw that you, you want it to be yours yeah and I respected that Another yes. jewel you just snuck by me. That's why I had to slow you down there because oh, that, that no. was no, that was very profound. That was very, very <laughs> profound, and I and, and I appreciate that. That's why when I ask you to play and I see you play, I feel something organic about your presentation. So Thank you. now that um, you're 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 dabbling and you say you're self-taught, yes, elaborate a little bit on what that means, or what um, what does it take to be self-taught? So. Um, I've always had an ear, so, um, I mean, we all have ears. <laughs> uh, yes. Yeah, we got two ears. So in, in music, when you say somebody has an ear, it means that they can pick things up by ear. Yeah, yeah, naturally. Right, and that's, um, that's really, I think, more than anything, how I've been able to pick things up musically. I don't think that it was because I was so cognitively talented to pick up musical training with this teacher that I had playing violin when I was younger. I really think that what aided me was that year, mm. hearing it, copying it. I'm good at copying. And so um, I would listen to songs that I liked and I would listen to them, and I would listen to them, and I would just keep listening to all these notes my fingers were playing, and somehow I was able to copy it. I, I like dissecting, you know, what makes up the person who you are, and so far from this conversation we've had, I've learned a little bit of what have influenced you and where you're coming from, and as we get ready to close out on this segment, 
I, I am curious to find, do you find that because of your Cuban heritage, does that come out in your music in some way, shape or form? Was that because of the background and the music that was played when you were growing up? Does that come out musically? I don't think so. Um, I think what comes out is just what I've experienced in my life, you know? It must be therapeutic. It is. It is therapeutic. Wow. You know? I think that um, from a very, very early age, when you have parents that have experienced so much to get to where they are, there's that initial heartbreak that's been passed down to you. Mm. As you start to get older, you start to inherit that heartbreak just through being in this game called life. And so what attracted me to that music was that heartbreak that perhaps I took from them and what has propelled me is the heartbreak that I have experienced in my own. Wow. And I think that everyone, no matter whether they want to believe it or not, I think that everyone picks up a pen and paper when they have things that they need to just get out of their system. Mm. Christina Garcia, Score Rosenberg Podcast. What a closing to the second to the third segment here. We're gonna take a quick break, come back, jump back into the last segment and just really wrap up on what she's gonna be doing going forward, her passions, where they lie, and the impact she's making on this world. Score Rosenberg Podcast, Christina Garcia. coming back with Christina Garcia enjoying that song you played that's I love you correct I would like for you to just um warm us up with something different tonight okay go ahead um so I love cover songs okay from my idols I really do which name one of your idols oh my goodness um I love Jewel okay love Jewel very talented she is she's wonderful so I I love covering her song called uh, You Were Meant For Me. Okay, go. Yeah. Score Rosenberg Podcast, an exclusive here. Christina Garcia, Jewel, cover song.
She'd be like, wow, I would sign her. No, <laughs> for real. That, no, yeah, no, no. <laughs> you got to put, put positive energy out there. Jewel, come get you, me. <laughs> yeah, no, no, that was beautiful. That was beautiful. So let, let's tag into this because we transitioned from the whole high school mm. and now you're, you, you're, you're college years. Mm. You brought the guitar with you. By the way, what was college like? Was there a more open acceptance as you were dealing with? accepting the immigrant role as they say what was college years like are we in, should i put my seatbelt on because i'm ready because i'm ready i know I, I like that side you know <clears throat> i you know i should have included i had a great childhood great Great childhood, great adolescence. My parents were very doting. They were very loving. Well, they were Cuban. That's like, um, that's, like yeah. <laughs> you had no choice. That's, no. that's like a prerequisite. No, they were wonderful. My college years, though, uh, I will be graduating in May. Salute to that. Thank you. Congratulations. It's been a long road. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, my college years were very difficult. I got off to um, a very rocky start. Why, was it because of the freedom? You could say that, yeah. Thank you for owning that. Yeah. I made the same mistake, but go ahead. This oh, is not yeah. an interview me, this is an interview you. Well, no. Um, you know, now that you've said that, sometimes when you're interviewing somebody and you ask a vulnerable question, you almost, you want to answer it honestly, but you wonder if the other person mm. will connect with that or if they're just asking you to judge you. Let me ask you this based on that definition what was when i asked you that question how did it come across curious curious i think that in this segment you're trying to get to know a voice and you're trying to get to know a person and it makes sense why you would ask guilty as charged yeah guilty as charged yeah so let's go back tell me sure. about college college well, I, <clears throat> I actually wanted to be a f uh, fine arts major. Okay. So I went to Pratt pre-college in my junior year of high school. And then I, um, <laughs> I decided um, not to apply to Pratt once I graduated. What? Yeah. That's a complete... I know. I mean, that's a major opportunity there. I know. I, uh, I didn't feel good enough for Pratt. I chickened out of turning into a turning in a portfolio and you know that's a very common theme in my life <laughs> <laughs> like going like going through the whole race and like right before you finish just like nope not doing it <laughs> <laughs> no there's the, you know but the fact that you own it is big so i own it i yeah, own no, it no. tell me about that to. you know i <clears throat> again you know i art is another part of my life that is mine mm. and I did not want to, I did not want to. Uh, Corrupt it. Uh, yeah. 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 But, <laughs> but I ended up going to a school in uh, Pennsylvania. It's the sister school of University of Scranton. Okay. Okay. It's called Marywood University. What was the major? <sighs> My major was art therapy. And I, I did, I did take art classes there, yes. Um, but unfortunately my time at Marywood was, um, it really didn't revolve around my studies. It revolved around something, um, tragic that happened in my second month at college that I, you know, no one should ever have to endure. Wow. Wow. I want to say am I sorry that you experienced that? Or now that we're able to look back, let me finish this question. Now that we're able to look back, has that experience, whatever it may be, mm. has that experience molded you to, into who you are now? Or are you still dealing with packaging that emotion? Absolutely. And I mean, uh, I, you know. <clears throat> you know, because some shit would break you down. <laughs> and it did. And, and I think everyone in this room can say that they've endured something tragic that has worn them down. And um, it is your choice in life 
whether you want to be worn down by something or, you know, build yourself back up into a different, you know, you take on a different form and you have to accept that. Um, without being too nosy, but curiosity is freaking killing me right now. Mm. Um, would you mind sharing what was that experience? Um, I, you know, I, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Um, don't be, um, because I see a very confident human being, a woman who is able to get a phone call from a podcast out of the blue and step in and really come in. Forgotten how persuasive this person is over here. Well, big shout out to Crystal (laughs) Remy on that for making that happen. I wanna wanna give a big shout out to Crystal Remy. That's right. Yeah, I wanna give a big shout out to (laughs) Crystal Remy. You know, big big shout out to the um, the, the team there. However, you know, I see so much and I've learned so much in the past 25 or 30 minutes we've been having this conversation. And you've been very vulnerable, and I want my listeners and I want the audience that's now so riveted to this powwow. You know, what did she overcome to be able to still be here and make such an impulsive move to be so confident and you know deliver this? So, I, I, and this is not a you know, if you don't feel comfortable saying, I can I'll deal that's, with that because I want. That's okay. You know what? Um, Go in your family for your for your women listeners for your women listeners. Um, I, um, unfortunately, learned in college that, um, that not all men are respectful Mm -hmm. of women and that some of them feel a certain amount of entitlement when they see that you don't have a sense of what the world is when you're when you're out of daddy's house let's say yeah wow which is probably very disappointing because you're still dealing with another human being regardless of where the sexes may lie you know yeah there's a trust there's a understanding there should be a wow so No, thank you for sharing. Thank you for sharing. And through that, you power through. And did did that affect your major? Yes. It affected everything. Uh, I had to take time off school. I had to go away. Wow. Wow. Looking back, has that been therapeutic? Everything that I have been through in my life has brought me to this point. And I have been able to help others. How? I, I, um, I went back to school. I changed my major to psychology and I, um, I, I've worked in rehabs. I've worked in many rehabs. I actually went back to the rehab I went to in Texas and I worked for them. Wow. Can I salute you? (laughs) No, no. Can I salute you? And a round of applause and a round of applause for turning a round of applause. No, a round of applause. A round of applause. Thank you. <laughs> no, no, because here, here's what's here's what you I know. did it for selfish reasons. I really missed the place. <laughs> <laughs> Your Texas will do that to you. No, yeah. no. But here's here's what Houston, here's, by the way. Shout out to Houston. Yeah, big shout out to Houston. Big shout out to Houston. Harvey is not strong enough for, for Houston. Harvey is no. not strong enough for Houston. But Christi- um, wow, Christina, here's what we're gonna do. Um, 
thank you for being so vulnerable. <laughs> Sorry. And I salute you for being so strong. Thank you. And as we take this quick break and this last break on Square Rosenberg podcast, you know, what you're seeing tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is what the show is about, that intimate story. That one boulder that should have crushed has made her stronger. We're going to take a quick break, come back, wrap up with Christina Garcia. Thank you so much. Square Rosenberg podcast. One. Rosenberg podcast coming in on a very meaningful beginning to season two and Christina I want to just salute you for being as confident as you have been in sharing your story um, as a father of a beautiful young lady who's now going to college I just moved her in no you don't apologize there's nothing to apologize about because you did nothing wrong to experience what you experienced. You follow? What I salute is the fact that you know, you're empowering other women to be aware and to recover from that. One of the things I've come to realize, and I'm gonna drop a jewel on Score Rosenberg podcast right now. We are not privy to the wins and the losses we experience. It's just how you deal with them. You follow? Mm -hmm. And that's why when I closed out that segment, I had to say that that's a boulder that would have crushed a normal human being. But it made this superwoman even stronger. And my daughter is a superwoman. So as I hear your story, and I play devil's advocate for a minute and go, wow, what would I do? Or how would I react if my daughter was in that position? Or how would she react? I would want her to be as retrospective and as strong as you have been. You follow? and realize this is a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. Score Rosenberg Podcast, I just dropped a jewel on Score Rosenberg Podcast. So as we get ready to jump into this, um, you now took up psychology. Yeah. What was that like? Um, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Bing, we just found what it's we love. It's cathartic. It's absolutely cathartic. Um, I love it. I mean, I love working with you know, it's uh, it's not even just about me. I love working with women who, because that's really who I love working with. Yeah. I love working with women who have just, you know, been overdiagnosed, seen too many doctors, gotten too many prescriptions. Um, they've just lost their way. You know, at the end of the day, they have just lost their way. And... Um, it's been a pleasure working with my clients. I, you know, I, I've been um, home now for two years since I worked in Texas at mm -hmm. that rehab. And, um, you know, my clients still keep in touch with me, and they're doing amazing things. Some of them have gone back to college. Wow. Some of them have um, moved out of state. Some of them have died. Wow. It really depends on the client and 
what they got out of that experience? It is, um, it's very flattering to be in your presence because what I have concluded from this conversation over a couple of Heinekens, by the way, let's toast the Heineken. <laughs> yes, toast the Heineken. Yeah, let's toast the Heineken. Is this inert strength that maybe it was a sugar cane from Cuba. Yeah, it must be. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was that dirt, you know, maybe it was something there yeah. that even that, and I'm going to say this, that asshole who tried to take something from you couldn't even do that because now he's made you so stronger. Now you're empowering more women and making them stronger. Look at that. So I want to salute you for that. And as we get ready to close on this, one of the questions I always ask my guests are, you have this magic wand and there's two impact you can make on this world. Mm -hmm. What would that be? Can I say one thing? Please. Before, before I answer that question, I don't just want to empower women. I want to empower men. There are a lot of good men out here in this world. Oh, come out. Come out and show the world that you that is a minority. Yeah. And that you are the majority. Wow. You know? She just dropped a jewel and score Rosenberg podcast. Could you just look into the main camera and just <laughs> say that again to the real men out there? Yes. That there are a lot of good men out in this world. I've met them. Come and out. why don't you come out and show us that those idiots, they're a minority, yes. but that you are, the, you are the majority. And if I had a magic wand, if I had a magic wand, <laughs> um, I would, I don't know. I don't know how I'd answer that question. I think that there's, I would, I would love to help as many people as possible who have been through what I've been through, who've been through what they've been through. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It's not, you know, everybody goes through somebody, something, yeah. you know, there's 10 other people in line waiting for this seat. Who've had it worse, who've had it better, who have had it everything, you know, I, I just got the call tonight. You know what I mean? You took action tonight. He's you dropped jewel. You dropped jewels tonight. <laughs> Score Rosenberg podcast, no, Christina Garcia. <laughs> as we get ready to wrap on this classic podcast, as I would like to say, Thank you. would you do us the honor and play us out, please? Yes, absolutely. And as you get ready to play us, Kat, could you tell people where they could find you, get your music, if you have a SoundCloud, if you got an Instagram, a Facebook? Bless us with the social media info. Sure. Let me give you my address. No, I'm <laughs> <laughs> I play in the closet. <laughs> As a matter of fact, she will be playing at the score Rose in the world score Rosenberg closets. Go ahead. Um, you know what? I'm I'm gonna consult with my manager tonight nice. and we're going to come up with some kind of social media thingy for me because I um I am a private singer and I need to come out of the closet. <laughs> okay, so here's all we're gonna do. We're gonna make this the catalyst. You'll be able to hear her stuff on yes. Score Rosenberg podcast, on Freaking her SoundCloud, and until and when when she does blasts off, you'll be able to hear everything that she has on her social media platform. But for right now, I wanna end this podcast with Christina Garcia blasting us out with one of any rendition you may choose. Another cover if you may will, anything you want to send. It's my specialty. It's my specialty. <laughs> Christina Garcia. Okay. Sounds good. a great idea yeah i want to close this epic show out with a classic and i just while you were there strumming that i came up with the idea 
keep playing. Just give me the instrumental. I want to close with something. I want to say something. Just keep you playing. You got it. Yeah, mom. Square Rosenberg Podcast. SQR Studios. Tonight, ladies and gentlemen, we just closed out with Christina Garcia on an epic, epic podcast. I want to take this moment to big up the entire crew that's in the house tonight. Big shout out to Manny. Big shout out to E on the food. Big shout out to Eric holding us down on the sound. Everything tonight has been so, so smooth, guys. I want to give you props for just, you know, holding us down. And for all the entire audience that came into the house tonight, you know, you guys know who you are. From Damien, from my boy Crystal Remy, who's a part of the team bringing the flavor, to Jen, Dr. Jen, you know, we, you know you've been so classic on the show, laying down tracks. My boy Domingo, Rob holding us down. Of course, Matt holding us under the social media. Brianna, our writer. Squall Rosenberg movement tonight, ladies and gentlemen, is an epic, epic, epic show. Big shout out to Liz, Theo, coming in and holding us down. We're going to be making some moves tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Tonight is the marquee of where we're going to take the show. Dinner on the podcast. Great meal, great company. Christina, thank you so much.